Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Season as well, because I'm a huge NFL football fan, and my wife and I, our team is the New England Patriots. Uh, You can boo all you want, it's all right. It's called Five Rings, you know. So anyway, we, we love the Patriots. We love the football season, and we're all about watching games. Today is a great day for us because it's our bye week. So that means we can schedule things on our calendar on a Sunday where we don't just stay at home and watch football. So that's kind of fun for us, which is probably why we're having a walkthrough in the building today. So thank, thank the NFL gods for giving us a bye week today. Uh, so in 2016, the Patriots had a run at the Super Bowl. And they made the Super Bowl, and in February 2017, they played the Atlanta Falcons. For us, this was like, this was one of the greatest moments of our lives. And let me tell you why. We had planned a year in advance to save up for a trip to Disney World. And so we had saved all year. We'd marked our calendar in that February. We were going to Disney World. And the closer we got, the Patriots were doing really well. And, and then we realized, oh my gosh, Super Bowl weekend is the week that we are at Disney World. What if the Patriots make the Super Bowl? And I, we couldn't decide if we were happy or upset because we're at Disney World. We got to go to our room and watch TV. And so we were like, oh, and we watched and we watched. And the Patriots kept going and kept going. And they won the playoffs. And then they won the championship game, the AFC championship game. And they made it to the Super Bowl. So we were, just, we were at Disney World when the Patriots played the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. And so we planned our trip. We went to Animal Kingdom that day because they closed the park at 5 so we could get back to our room and just watch the game. And so we're in our Disney Resort watching the Super Bowl the year that the Patriots won. And it was, this was a mountaintop moment for us. I just want to share, I want to share a little bit of it with you guys so that you guys can live this moment with us. Go ahead. night, I was just like, the people around us have to think someone's being murdered in a resort at Disney World. Someone is being stabbed to death in a room. But I will tell you, like, that was a mountaintop moment for us. We were at Disney World. Our team won the Super Bowl. And you can, like, you see me with my hands over my face. I'm literally, I'm just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. God, you are good. God, you are with us, Lord. That was, like, God was with us. It was awesome. Now, here's what I want want to fast forward one year. Patriots won the Super Bowl in February of 2017. In February of 2018, we are sitting, this year we are sitting in our living room watching the Super Bowl as the Patriots play the Philadelphia Eagles. And we are hopeful, man, this is going to be six rings, two Super Bowls in a row. It's going to be amazing. We're excited. It's awesome. And then we lost. <laughs> and I, this is the reason that you don't see a video of 2018 is exactly that. We lost. No videos exist of that. We went from one of the peak mountaintops at Disney World winning the Super Bowl to a year later feeling the sting of what it costs to lose the Super Bowl. And just as a side note, I will tell you, for those of you who booed and are like, Patriots are dumb, We've never, we haven't been to Super Bowl in years. I just want you to know that, yes, even though I know the joy of winning a ton of Super Bowls, 
I guarantee you, I know the pain of losing more Super Bowls than you have, okay? Just know that. Okay, so anyway, moving on from my incredible team, the New England Patriots. I want to get an endorsement or something. Send me some shoes. Here's the thing. Like, it's funny because, like, the mountaintop moments... Like, it really feels like God's with us in those mountaintop moments of life, doesn't it? Like, when everything's going great, when we're hitting the peak of life, when everything is, when we get the promotion at work, when everything's just firing on all cylinders, you get accepted into the college of your dreams. It just feels like at the mountaintop that God is totally with us. You, get, you know, you get this sweet deal on Amazon for that thing. You get that perfect parking spot. Thank you, Lord. You are with me. You are with me, God. And yet in the valleys, it can totally feel like when, you know, when we lose a job, when we got to park, uh, you know, 500 yards away from the, the doors of Best Buy and it's snowing. When the, that medical report comes in that you didn't anticipate or expect. When we're in the valleys, it's so much harder to feel like God is with us. When you win the Super Bowl, it's all cheers. But when you lose, God, where were you? What's going on? And many of us, were in those valley moments, that's exactly what we feel. And, you know, it may even be in your life. Most of us don't go through life where we're just in a full-on valley, right? Most of us don't live where it's like everything's a valley all the time. You know, I'm Eeyore, everything's awful. Most of us have, like, just pockets of bad. Like, things are mostly going really good for you, but there's just this part, there's this valley that's just kind of entered in. You know, my marriage is great. I, it's awesome, but I'm, i got this problem with my kids, there's one little valley that's kind of interjected its, its way into my life. And, you know, everything's going great at work. I'm making a lot of money. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit in my marriage. My wife's very unhappy. My husband's struggling. And we're just not clicking. In this part of my life, everything's great. But there's this little valley that's kind of this pocket valley that's kind of come into my life. And, and I, you know, it feels like there's a lot of things that are going great. But just these little things that kind of slip in and drag us down into the valleys. And when we're there, it can feel like, where's God? I mean, God's with me on the mountaintop. I feel him. But where's God when I'm in that valley? Where's God when I'm at the bottom? Where's God when things aren't going the way that I need them to or expected them to or hoped that they would do? And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about that. I want to talk about where is God in our valleys? Where's God in our times of loneliness, in our times of desperation, in our times of of, of great need, where is God when we're in that valley? What's interesting, the, the idea of a valley is it's kind of a, a metaphor, an illustration that's used a lot in, in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And, and it's interesting, as you read about that, you kind of discover this, that valleys, as described in the Bible, are, are often places of, of growth. A lot of times growth happens in those valleys where, where everything's difficult and, and the struggle is real, but, but growth seems to kind of happen in those valleys. And, and here's the thing, and this is just to, to even set the groundwork for what we're going to talk about today. I want, I want us to kind of grasp this idea, is that we may enjoy God on the mountaintop, but you get to know God in the valleys. It's easy to enjoy God when we're on the mountaintops, when we're celebrating, because we feel him right there. And it's like, yeah, I can enjoy you, God. You're, you're great. But it's in those valleys it's in the tough times, it's in our desperate times, where we, we really get to know God more. It's where we get to develop kind of intimate, close relationship with God. And so how does that work? How does it work to walk through the valley when I don't feel God, when it's hard to know that he's with me? How do I go through that? Um, and for you, I mean, how do you walk through the valley that you're in right now? How do you walk through the valley that, I mean, we all know is coming? 
How do we do that and know that God is with us? What happens spiritually when we walk through the valley? And I want to take a look at just a couple of verses today in, chap- in Psalm chapter 84, verses 5 through 7. I'm going to read this to you first. And this is what the psalm says. It says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings, and they will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. This is a small little passage, but I think there's a lot in here that we can unpack that kind of helps us to understand where is God? Is God with us when we're walking through the valleys in our life? So let's pick this thing apart, and let's just start at the very beginning in verse 5. And the psalmist says this, he says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Now, if you don't know God intimately, I mean, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, and this is all, all this Bible stuff is fairly new to you. Um, if, if you don't have a close, intimate relationship with God, then chances are that there are times in your life where you're just like, I've had enough. Okay, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my limit. I just, I have nothing more to give. I can't change this. I'm done. I'm, I, I'm it. I can't do this anymore. I'm overwhelmed. And I just, I, I can't make it. I just don't have enough. And the truth is, is that if you don't have an intimate relationship with God, if you don't have a close relationship with God, then the reality is, is that what you have is what you have. What you have is, is all that you have. And when you reach the end of your strength, when you, eat, when you reach your limit, there, there's nothing more. There's nothing more that you can give. There's no more resources to draw from. But, but for those of us who who know God, who follow God, who who surrender our lives to him, we believe this and have experienced this, that when we are at the end of ourselves, when we've had enough, when we're overwhelmed, when we feel like there's nothing more to give, we believe this, that there there is a deeper set of, there's a deeper pool of strength that we can draw from. And it's a strength that comes not from ourselves, but it's a strength that comes from God. That we have access to more. That we have access to more strength. We have access to more power. It's it's a divine strength. And it's a divine power that's not in ourselves, but it's it's a strength that comes from our God. And it's available to everyone who knows him. See, those of us who know God, when we walk through a valley, we know that God has strength. There's more strength that is available to us. You, you may know this if you've ever, ever you know, worked out seriously or you've had a personal trainer. A lot of times if you're working with free weights, uh, what your trainer will do is he'll give you a little bit more weight than you, can, than you can lift or something that just pushes you so it's really hard. And then as you lift it, you get to this point. Like you're, you're doing bench press, right? You're on the bench and you're pushing. You get the first three out and it's like, oh, great. And then four and five and it's starting to get harder to push. And your muscles are starting to burn and, it's, and you're shaking a little bit. You're, and you're pushing the bar and your trainer comes up behind you and he just spots you. And at first, your spotter, he's not really lifting any weight. He's just there so that you know that you can push because if you give out, he's going to be there to catch it. So you push a little more, and it burns, but you're pushing through, and then you get one more rep, and then you get two more reps, and then you bring it down, and you can't get it up. And so your spotter just starts to lift just a little bit, puts a little bit of weight on. He takes a little bit of the weight off you so you can push, and you keep pushing. And then literally, like, I've been in the situation that by the end of it, like, I'm not lifting anything. My arms are just moving, right? I'm not doing any of the work, but my spotter is there because he knows that I need to develop this strength. And he's, he's lifting the weight. He's taking it off for me. And that's a perfect illustration of how God gives us strength when we are in those valley moments. 
In those valley moments, God is spotting us. And our arms, I mean, they may be ready to give out, right? They may be shaking. We can't get that weight up at all. But we push, and God takes that weight for us. He gives us his strength. It's available to those who walk closely and intimately with him. And he lifts it for us. And the thing is, sometimes to get to where we really appreciate the presence and the power of God, sometimes we have to push through a little bit of pain. Sometimes we have to keep pushing and believe that just by pushing, even though in our strength we may not be able to get this weight off of our chest, but there is a God whose strength is available to us, and he's lifting with us, and he's pushing for us. And in those valley moments when we know that God's strength is available for us, we begin to discover and experience the strength of God in ways that we never could otherwise. We experience the strength of God in the valleys in ways that we could never experience the strength of God on the mountaintop. So it continues. So the psalmist, he writes this. He says, uh, he says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. And he says, those who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Okay, so in, in, in the Old Testament times, Jerusalem was the center of, of Jewish life. It was the center of their spiritual life. And Jerusalem really was a metaphor for the presence of God. If you see in the Psalms or the Old Testament, it talks about people longing to go to be in Jerusalem. Really what they're saying is, I long to be in the presence of God. I want a journey to go be in God's presence, to be with him. And the psalmist says, this is what joy for those who not only understand God's strength, not only who know there's strength available for them, but for those who set their minds on the presence of God, who set their minds on being with God. What joy for those who, even though they're walking through a valley, that they're still thinking about that thing that matters most. It's kind of like what we talked about last week. Focusing on that one thing, being, with, being in the presence of God, who set their minds on being with God. This, is, this, this kind of metaphor is like all throughout the New Testament too. And, and here's, the, here's the, what it really means. It means this, is that what you think about matters. What you set your mind on when you are walking through a valley, what you focus on and what you think about matters. Look at how the Apostle Paul writes it two different ways. He, in Colossians 3, 2, he says this. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things of God. Don't focus on the things of this world. Focus on God. Philippians 4, 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Set your mind on the things of God. Set your mind on his will, on his desire, on his plan and his purpose for your life. Focus on those things. I think that too often when we walk through the valley or we're walking through hard times, I think a lot of times that we're like, like, well, maybe just my kids with their cell phones, right? Like, I'm going to, I, okay, just a side note. Anytime I talk about my kids on a Sunday, I have to ask permission to talk about them. And then if I don't, I owe them $10. So I owe you $10, Calvin. But, but like, my son, like, this, this will be him in the living room playing a game on his phone. And I'll be like, hey, Calvin, come wash your hands. It's time for dinner. And he'll get up. And he'll walk to the bathroom. And he'll turn on the water. And like, okay, come grab your dinner. And he's like, okay. And he's walking, he grabs his dinner, and he's looking at his phone, and he's playing his game. And I think a lot of times, like you all know people in your lives whose phone is like glued to their face. They're always looking at this stupid phone. It just takes up their entire worldview. And so many times when we walk through the valley, we are laser focused on our problems. And we are laser focused on how bad things are. And we're laser focused on all the things that we wish were different. 
And we make these things bigger in our, in our minds than they actually are. Because when you hold your phone up to your face, it's your world. It's everything. But when you just take it down, you see, it's just like three by five inches of plastic and glass. And God's saying this, you've got your mind set on this little screen. Put it down and set your mind on me. Set your mind on what my desire and my will is for you. Focus on me as you walk through this valley. Here's the, my current circumstances may be in my valley, but my mind does not have to be. My current circumstances may be in my, in my valley, but my mind is fixed on God. My heart may be anxious, but my mind is fixed on the one who can deal with my anxiety. My heart may be troubled with the weight of what I'm walking through, but my mind is fixed. My thoughts are fixed on the God who can resolve the things that I'm going through, who can, re- who can restore the things that are happening in my life. My soul may be aching, but my mind is fixed because what you think about matters. My mind is fixed on God. Psalm continues. It says this, that, that when they, when those who... Who, who have joy because they understand God's strength and their mind are fixed on God. They have joy that doesn't make sense when they're walking through their valley. That when these people walk through the valley of weeping, and let me just bring some clarity to this. So in the NIV translation, or kind of in the original Aramaic, it says the valley of Baca, which was an actual place. It, it was this valley that people walked through. But Baca was named after these trees that the sap would kind of come out of, and, and the sap looked like tears. And so they called it the Valley of Baca, named after these trees, because it looked like these trees were crying. And here we're, so literally, I mean, literally, the literal translation is what's up here, the, the Valley of Weeping. But this is what the NIV also says. When we walk through the Valley of Weeping, NIV says this, when we pass through the Valley of Weeping. And here's the thing, understand about your valley. Your valley is not the destination. Your valley is something that you are passing through. God is taking you through the valley to something better, to something bigger, to something different. But it is not a place where you are going to land. It's not a place where you are going to live. You've heard, you know, the the passage in, in the Psalms. It's like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. But you're walking through it. God is going to carry you through this valley. And when, you're, when your mind is set on him, when you're focused on his strength and you're experiencing his joy as you're walking through the valley, you can understand that this is not a place that you are going to stop. But for so many of us, when we're in those times, all we want is an escape hatch. I just want out. Let me out of this valley. I don't want to walk through it. Just where, how do I turn around, Right? I, man, when I go to the store and I see, I get in a line of people, like I was at Aldi the other day, and it's just confession, I walked into Aldi and I had a big cart full of stuff and Calvin was with me and we got to the line and I was like, nope, not doing it. I pushed the cart aside and I left. I was like, I am, I can't do it. I cannot be in this line. It's too big. It's too much. It's too stressful. I'm not walking through this line. And so many times we get to the start of our valley, we get to the beginning of it and we're just looking for a way to go backwards. We're just looking for a way to get out of it. But sometimes, sometimes what God wants you to know about him and what he wants you to experience through him, to have a greater sense of his strength and his love, sometimes God needs you and wants you to go through the valley. Sometimes the way out is not an escape hatch. Sometimes the way out is through Jerusalem. It was a city of refuge. It was a city of a place of peace, a place of restoration. But the road to Jerusalem 
it went through the valley of weeping. And sometimes in our lives, God wants to lead us through the valley of weeping to get us to the place of peace. Sometimes your place of peace can only be accessed by walking through the road that goes through the valley of weeping. And for many of us, the road through the valley is the way to the place of peace. But if we understand that our God walks with us, that he is carrying us through, that there's a destination that is an end, we can understand that this valley doesn't determine my life. It's just the path. It's just the place that I'm going through. And this is what the, psalm, the psalmist continues to say. When they walk through the valley of weeping, what's going to happen? It will become a place of refreshing springs. And the autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. The King James version of this, it says that, that when they walk through the, the valley of weeping, that they will dig, a, they will dig wells. The NIV translation says this, that they will make it a place of springs. There's this connotation that when people who walk closely with God are carried through a valley, that they change their valley. So, I mean, what is digging a well or digging a spring? I mean, digging a well means you, you, you dig a hole. You dig this place so that rain can come and can fill it up with water. You dig a spring by just finding a spot, and you dig, and you dig, and you dig until you tap in to the water that's under the ground. And, and God is saying this. He's saying, listen, if you're in your valley, rather than giving up, rather than keeping your eyes focused on how hard your problem is or how difficult it is to go through, he's saying, just dig a well. Right, just, just dig a hole, a container, and let my spirit fill it. Dig a spring. Just start digging down until you tap into the resources of my spirit that I have available for you. Because, because those who walk with God, when they walk through the valley, they make it into a place of springs. They make it into a place of refreshing. They make it into a place that was dead and it becomes something alive. Because we know this, that when we walk through the valley, our God is not limited and what he can do. And when I'm at my lowest, when I'm going through the hardest thing in the world, if I can just stop for a minute, and I can just dig a well, and I can just start digging into God's presence, just dig a space, a container where God can begin to pour his spirit, where the rain can fall and it can collect and it can gather and it can, it can fill me up and it can give me strength and his power can be shown and revealed to me in those moments. I'm telling you, when we walk through the valley, this is how we begin to know God more. Because we stop and we make it different than what it was by allowing God's presence and digging in to the presence of God. There's this, there's this kind of thing that you can see in the Bible where God kind of says this. He says, show me your faith and I will show you my faithfulness. Like there's a couple times, like Jesus, there was a, a guy with a, a messed up hand. It was, it was crippled and withered from when he was born. And Jesus healed him. How did Jesus heal him? He said this, hey you, stretch your hand out. He didn't say be healed. He said, stretch your hand out. He told the guy with a busted hand to do something that he couldn't do. His hand was, was withered. It was collapsed. He couldn't stretch it out. But Jesus said, do it. And so the guy was like, okay, if you're saying do it, I'll do it. And as he did, he stretched his hand out. His hand was healed. He was made whole. Here's another example of a man who was paralyzed from birth. And he's laying on his mat, begging for money. And Jesus, Jesus comes up to me and says, hey, you, I want you to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Everyone around's like, Jesus, come on, you're stupid. Dude's crippled, he can't do it. He's, has he been faking for like decades out here? If so, man, he deserves an Academy Award. He says, you, get up, pick up your mat and walk. So what does the guy do? He says, okay, I'm gonna do something that's impossible. I'm gonna do something I could never do on my own. And he, 
he begins the process of getting up onto his feet, onto his legs, which he hasn't done since he was born. And then he picks up his mat and he walks. You see, Jesus is saying, show me your faith, and then I'll show you my faithfulness. And God's saying to you, if you're in a valley, dig a well and see me fill it. Dig a well and see me fill it. Last week we talked about um, remaining in Jesus and how that's, that's a matter of time. It's not just a matter of thought, right? Remaining in Jesus requires requires us to set aside time to be in his presence. And that's exactly the same thing we're talking about here. Because when you're in the valley, God is not rushed, okay? It it, it just doesn't happen by rushing through things. It happens by pausing and breathing and digging into God's presence, spending time in his word, spending time with him. And when we do that, God says this, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you make room for me in your life, I will fill that spot in your life. If If you make room... In me, if you make room in your life for me, I will reveal myself to you. If you show me your faith, I will show you my faithfulness. And for some of you, it's time to dig a well. It's time for you to dig a ditch. And it's time to say to God, you know what, Lord? I'm ready for you to come and fill this thing up. Because I'm in the middle of it. I'm in a valley. And God, I'm digging this thing because I'm showing you my faith in you. And I'm ready for you to come and change my circumstance. And it's time for you to prepare for God's power and presence to move in your life. Because if you dig it, he will fill it. If you dig it, he will fill it. That's who God is, and that's what he wants you to know. And some of you today really, really, really need an encounter with God. You really, really do. And if you just stop, and if you dig a well, God will fill it. Here's something else. There's this final promise that comes in Psalm 84, verse 7, the last verse of this chapter, or this segment. He says this, that when they do all of these things... They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. The joy for those who understand God's strength and know that God's strength is available from the valley, who set their mind on him, who focus on the things of God. For those people who know that walking through the valley of weeping, that that, that's, that's temporary, that the destination is the place of peace, For those people who walk intimately with their God in the valley, they will become stronger and stronger. And our translation says they will go from strength to strength. That every valley will develop more strength in them, and every step they take will develop more strength in them and more strength. And they they become a different person than when they entered the valley. You, when you walk through your valley and you reach the place of peace, when you hold on to God and when you trust him, when you put your faith in him, you will end that journey in your life stronger. God's promise is this, is that you'll find him at the end of the journey. You will find him if you don't give up. You will find him if you keep your mind fixed on him and you keep your, your mind fixed on the destination where you're heading. You will find him if you don't turn back. God's peace His presence, it's available for you. It's available for each of us. You will make it through, and you will be stronger. So a long time ago, Terry and I moved to a different state to take a job. Uh, And, I mean, our kids were little, and we we just uprooted everything, and we moved uh, out of state. And we just, we thought this was, this is where we're going to be forever. You know, this is where we're going to put down our roots, and this is, this is life now. This is going to be amazing. And we were there for almost five years, and then I lost my job. And it was, I mean, it was devastating. We thought, we thought everything was going to be in that place. Our kids' schools, our friends, all of our relationships, everything we put all of our investment into. And just in a moment, it was gone. And we were devastated. We were wrecked. My wife would, would be, she had sunglasses on all the time. 
And it wasn't because she had migraines. It was because she would just break out into tears just randomly at Target, driving the car. You know, so she had glasses on so that people wouldn't see that she was just crying constantly. It was, it was one of the hardest things that we've ever had to walk through as a family. And I remember one night, I couldn't sleep. I was, I mean, because it just, my mind's just thinking, what, what, what do you do? What do we do? God, how could you allow this to you? What, what's going on, God? And so I got up, and I just, it's like 2 in the morning. And I put some clothes on, and I went outside, and I just started walking. I'm just on sidewalks, just walking. And I was just, I was praying. I was like, God, this stinks. This isn't fair. This isn't right. What do you want us to do? How could this have happened? And where do we go next? I don't understand. I was like, God, just help us. And I, and I was just, I was fixing my mind on God. And the thing is, I wasn't fixing my mind on God in some kind of, you know, glossy, you know, saccharine, you know, Hallmark Channel Christian way where it's like, God, I know everything's going to be just fine. So I'm going to skip through the evening praying. That wasn't it. You know, it was like, God, this sucks. What are we going to do? But I was fixed on him and I was engaged with God in the process. And as I'm walking, I probably walked for like three hours in the middle of the night. And I walked, I walked by this, this empty field and just, I see these like weird two glowy things looking at me across the field. I'm like, what is that? And they start moving towards me. And it was a possum. And it hissed at me. And then it started running at me. And I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. And so it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, oh, God. And then I just, oh, God. <laughs> you took my job. And now a possum's going to kill me. <laughs> but I prayed all that night. And here's the thing. As, as I did that, as, as we walked through that valley, that was our posture. That was our attitude. That was, that was totally our, where our thoughts were. We knew we were walking through a valley, and we just held on tightly to God. And, man, I can tell you that I look back on that time as a moment where God developed strength in us. He changed us. We walked through that and came out on the other side different than when we started because, because God was with us in our valley. And it sure didn't feel like it felt when we were on the mountaintop when we won the Super Bowl. But man, I know this. God's presence was there. His strength was there. It was available to us. And God moved in our lives. And we may enjoy God on the mountaintops. And we may want to come and have those moments where we're clapping and jumping and waving our hands, you know, during a crazy song on a sunny morning and enjoy God in those mountaintops. But I'll tell you this, God wants you to know him more than he wants you to enjoy him. And I can speak for myself, I'll tell you this. Life is so much better when you know God rather than just coming to a place where you can enjoy what you can consume from God. God's got a plan in your valley. God's walking you through it. He's, he's doing something different in you. And he wants you to experience more of his presence and his power because it's in the valley that he reveals his, his character to us. It's in the valley that he becomes more real and more tangible to us in ways that we never could have dreamed or imagined. Because when you're in your troubled time, it's our God that can bring you joy. It's when you're in the darkness that our God becomes the light. It's when we're broken and sorrowful and desperate that God becomes your comforter. And everything can change in the valley. You see, he is still God with us in the valley. The same God that is good on the mountaintop is the God that is good when we are going through the valley that we are just passing through. And you are just passing through it. You will not be there forever. 
You will not be there forever. God will lead you out if you trust him. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have designed for us this path to walk, to become closer to you and to experience your power and your strength in ways that we never could have before. And I thank you, Father, that your love and your grace, Lord, as we are going through the most difficult circumstances in our life, is there to guide us and to lead us on and to call us to walk through. And I pray, Jesus, for every single person in this room, I know there are people here today who are walking through a valley. I know there are those who are struggling, and I know that there are those who, you know, are just, their eyes are fixed on the uh, the phone, a screen in front of their face of their circumstances. And I pray, God, that you would give us vision, Lord, to see beyond that, God, to understand your strength, that you are with us, to understand, God, that as you lead us through, that there is hope and joy and strength and love and an intimate relationship with you that stands at the end of it, Lord. Father, we love you. We praise you and we pray it all in your name. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.